Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Creative Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Andrew Barron this week. Corrine, uh, he didn't want to do it with me, so we, we, we brought Andrew back in. Uh, and I understand mm. why no one would want to do this. We even waited a day because uh, I messaged Andrew last night and I said, you know what, let's wait until Thursday to do the game by game. Maybe we'll, we'll catch a big COVID thing that will impact the slate. And I guess we, we did pick up a couple uh, we, we're not going to be touting Jalen Waddle. He's out. We're not going to be touting Tyler Lockett in, uh, the one big pace up game. So, uh, we're going to do our best. Certainly, uh, the premium podcast is going to, w- we do that on Fridays. The projections are going to be continually updated, but there's, there's a very good chance that, that everything we say on this show right now is going to end up being, uh, wrong by Sunday morning because of the COVID stuff. Yeah, what else is new, buddy? Uh, yeah, I don't think we got a lot of clarity uh, based on what's happened today and yesterday. I mean, there's still just a boatload of things that could happen, but obviously we will stay on top of it and we will give you our best shot uh, as far as like what we are projecting to happen as of now. Yep. All right, so let's start with uh, Houston at Jacksonville, which I can already tell you uh, there's something that has not been accounted for in the projections, which is that Rex Burkhead just got announced as out. David Johnson got announced as back in for Houston. Uh, Urban Meyer got fired, so the line moved. Uh, the, I've never seen this before. Uh, coach got fired. The line moved in his team's direction a point and a half. You know, I do think, given that it is the Texans, James Robinson, 5,400 on DraftKings, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, Laquan Treadwell, um, there is a – like. It, it will be fairly popular, I think, to, to want to use these guys in DFS. Huh. Yeah, I was going to say this is normally a game I'd want to target just because when you have two crappy teams, uh, you know, there can be those can turn into shootouts. It's the who cares of, bowl. Right. The defenses are bad, too. So, like, if they just go out there and launch, it could work out. I mean, I guess you could do it where it, it allows you to play both like Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. So it is reasonable, but like there's so much savings already this week that I'm not as into it as I normally would be. James Robinson obviously is going to be the big piece here. I think he's absolutely like a very reasonable cash uh, starting block on DraftKings. But I don't know, like Trevor Lawrence has been so bad. I so thought bad. I would be, I thought That's... I would be playing him more in DFS this year, and it's just it, it's been disgusting. And that's, that is what is kind of keeping, like, I would be in on a Jaguars puke stack if I thought it really was, you know, just Urban's fault that he's been so bad. But I mean, that game last week, like he just was like tossing wide open. Like it's not Urban Meyer's fault that he is just throwing it to the opposing team. No. And he's got, you know, fat LaVisca Chenault. He's got four, seven, 40 Laquan Treadwell and the ghost of Marvin Jones to throw to, you know, like that ain't pretty either. So 
I don't know. I'm less, I'm less into this than I thought I would be, especially if it's going to be uh, chalky at all. What about Houston? Like, I, I guess David I, Johnson's. I could, well, I was going to say, I could see playing, I could see playing Royce Freeman. I was going to say that, but I was just on TV with Craig and he just played me a clip of David Coley, the Texans head coach, not remembering Royce Freeman's name. He was talking about what his backfield was going to look like this week. And he forgot Royce Freeman's name. So I didn't that makes, know he was a Texan. He had 11 carries and eight targets last week. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, Good for that's him. exciting. Yeah, great. Uh, Brandon Cooks is going to get a million targets. I guess that's useful, but I have been – Brandon Cooks has been overplayed every single week. Every week? Yeah. So. Yeah. Not not into it. I, I just – like I can see why people are theoretically interested, but I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can get there. All right, so let's move on to Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh has a couple interesting guys. I mean, one of the most interesting guys is Najee, who is not like breaking through in the projections, but because there's so much value and there are, you know, Dalvin cooks, not on the main slate. Uh, you know, some of the other, uh, expensive running backs are not on the main slate. Uh, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara, not on the main slate. Like Najee Harris is one of the highest projected players of the slate, and it's not going to be hard to play him with, you know, all of this expected COVID value. And then Deontay Johnson, of course, you know, receiving his, his usual projection. And then also, you know, the, the Titans have a team total of 22 Donta Foreman, you know, clearly led the way, not in snaps last week, but in backfield touches. And then I know Julio only did his, you know, three for 30 thing last week, but I'm, I, I don't know. I still kind of feel like Julio has a game in him. Yeah. I'm with you there about Julio. Actually, he only played half the snaps, but he did still garner a 20% market share targets. So I mean, I'm buying again one more time. Just why not? He's he's like a top five receiver of all time. And it's, it's and the Steelers bad. are so bad. Yeah, they really have not been good. Um, I like the passing attacks more for both of these teams. I don't hate the Dante Foreman. It's just he's looking he's like, better on FanDuel. Yeah, and he's gotten touted a little bit. And it's, you know, he's getting a reasonable own which is kind of gross because there are three running backs there they did split the snaps pretty evenly like i mean Dante foreman actually mcnichols for what it's worth mcnichols really didn't get in playing a ton until the fourth quarter um i pete pete told me that yesterday from okay uh ben gretch's stealing signals which is that makes me feel a little bit better about foreman yeah i mean mcnichols still did lead the team and running back snaps so yeah (laughs) it's uh it's not it's not great but yeah i think you're right if i think if Tennessee there is a script where Tennessee just like you know destroys them and Dante Foreman would presumably be the guy they lean on as the sort he, of early he would down, I, early I down feel and I feel zone. very confident that if the Titans win this game by like seven points or more or are leading for a huge chunk of the game that Foreman scores the most fantasy points of the running backs I think that's fine and I like the Pittsburgh receivers considerably more than I like Najee so I don't mind the sort of correlation of Dante with Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool. Yeah. Claypool is not playing a million snaps. His target share is fine. It's twenty percent. But he's I mean, he might just bonkers. be benched. He might just be benched this week. I don't know about that. I yeah, I, I, I think that is uh Tomlin loves to do crap. Tomlin loves to play Ray Ray McLeod instead of. I mean, Deontay Johnson got benched last year for drops for James Washington. Sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't. I'm not really into like getting into the mind of the coach, but uh, Chase Claypool leads the team in a dot. He gets no, the I'm, high I'm, value I'm with you. targets. I'm with you. Yeah. 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 So I think he like Dante, uh, Deontay and Chase Claypool are the ones I'm more interested in. Claypool just, you know, he gets a lot of air yards. It's, he hasn't been super efficient, but 
they're getting it done. And I like them more than the idea of Najee just because he's expensive. And I think there's like, does he have a 25 point ceiling? Sure. But there's plenty of five, six K guys that do too. Well, he's got a third, he's got a 30 point ceiling though, which is what I think makes him different. I suppose that is true in that we've seen it once or twice, but it's been a while with the, you know, his target share is 8% over the last four weeks, despite being 15, 16 on the season, he was getting way more targets early. So they are throwing downfield more. I think that's probably just the offense getting a little more comfortable. Um, So I'm more into the Pittsburgh receiving side. Also, I think Tennessee is a better team against the run than they are against the pass for what it's worth. Yeah. All right. So the next game, Fairly interesting, the Arizona Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins. I also think uh, there's a decent chance there's no James Conner here. He's still in uh, He's still in our projections. I don't really know what to mm-hmm. do with him. But there also, my friend, is a scenario where James Conner doesn't play with the ankle injury. Jonathan Ward is on the COVID list. And they say, you know what, Chase Edmonds? We're a bazillion point favorites here against the Detroit Lions. Why don't you go ahead and take another week? coming off of the high ankle sprain and we are left with just Eno Benjamin who would, I, I think that's, I think that's a very low probability. Like I'm not touting this as like uh, the most likely thing to happen, but I could see it happening. And I would, I mean, I would play a hundred percent of Eno Benjamin and all, but I would just be, I would just be all in on, on, Eno if that happened. Isn't he one of those like five, seven, 185 guys. That's a little bit concerning to me, but no, I, he, I really hope. I think he is bigger. I think he is bigger than that. And also he was like a stone workhorse in college. Like, okay. Uh, he he's five, nine, two Oh seven, but he got 576 carries and 82 receptions in three seasons. at college. I mean, he would, he got the ball all the time. Okay. Uh, did he go to school in the sec? Cause if not, it doesn't matter. A- Arizona um, state. Okay. It doesn't matter then. Um, great. I, I mean, I hope James Conner plays for the, you know, my, yeah. my, he's like my third highest exposure best ball guy. So like the, my best ball teams that are through pretty much all have him. So that would be useful, but I just really like Arizona in general. They have the highest total. It's not particularly close. You know, they're in the spot that the bucks or the bills or the Rams usually are. They have a almost touchdown higher total than the freaking Rams who are going to be the absurd, absurd shock. So I'm all about Arizona. I think Connor makes for a great play. And then, they're down the, – the problem with Arizona is – I mean, A, Kyler didn't play a lot, but B, if you are stacking him, he's kind of a single-stack guy, and there were three, potentially four, if you count Rondell Moore, which whatever, um, reasonable options. And now it's really just Kirk and A.J. Green. Yeah, You can stack him with one of them. I think they're both fine. They're both getting a little bit underplayed right now, as according to what we have um, in the projections. And Kyler is the second-highest optimal probability – quarterback behind Jalen Hurts who might not even play so I I just there's so much to like in Arizona I'm gonna have a ton a ton of uh, plays up and down the board here I think Kirk is the one who will end up getting the ownership and I think that Rondale and AJ Green and Zach Hurts will will all be less owned and also people single single stack Kyler more than they double stack Kyler Um, and then in terms of in terms in terms of bringbacks on the Detroit side um I mean, TJ Hawkinson is, is out for the season. Uh, you know, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown, but I mean, he's 5,200. They, they priced him all the way up. So yeah, I don't know. It's like would, a 31 you... to 17 implied total. Like you don't need to bring back, bring back anyone on Detroit. You can like Amon Ross St. Brown has seen a million targets lately. It could work, but I'm not like, I'm certainly not forcing that. Yeah. 
And I mean, Brock Wright got a little bit of pub last week, but he didn't even see the most targets of any Lions tight end. This Shane, this Shane Zilstra fella is the guy who got the most targets. So that feels not great. Um, Oh, I, 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 would you do, uh, so we talk about this sometimes, would you do like a min one Arizona wide receiver rule in your stuff? I would not do a min one Arizona wide receiver, but I would consider min one of the two wide receivers and Connor or, you know, Benjamin, if he plays. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I, I like Rondale a little bit more than you, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason, so you are at you, your prior position was correct when Hopkins was like a game time decision every single week. My thought is if we're trying to get in the mind of the coach, now that they know that Hopkins is out for the rest of the year and they have to try and actually come up with an, a competent NFL offense without him. I wonder if this is the impetus to use him more, or if, you know, it just goes back to Antoine Wesley or whatever. And, and I can see it going either way. I can see Antoine Wesley just taking Hopkins as snaps, or I can see, you know, Rondale actually becoming the role that we kind of envisioned for him at the beginning of the year. And I mean, I don't know which one is more likely, but I, I think it, what I'm saying is I think it's more likely that the Rondale role happens now that Hopkins is out for the year versus them just waiting for him to get back. Yes. I do think he will garner more snaps because mo- I think what, what is most likely going to happen is Christian Kirk moves from the slot to outside to take over the, yeah. um, DeAndre Hopkins stuff, AJ Green's role doesn't change at all. And then Rondale gets to play a little bit more, but he's still just, he's got this 1.5 ADOT. Yeah, I don't it's, know, like the, it's the lowest in the NFL by like four yards. Yeah, yeah, he's been really bad and he's tiny. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, like if, if he's going to be 2% owned, I'm going to take some shots. I don't have a problem with that because I'm, he would be like more Tyler than 2% owned. so much, but. Yeah, it's looking like three and a half right now. That could go up, I guess. But I don't I don't think I think people are finally off of him. And he is a high variance player. So it's like reasonable to go for it. But like that variance all was in the first couple, three weeks. And it has been pretty steady of, of garbage lately. So I don't know. He does get a lot of targets per route run. It's it's conceivable. I I will play some just because I like Kyler so much. And I think Arizona is getting underplayed in general just because, because of the fact that they have the highest total by like a considerable margin on the slate. So they are the best team uh, as far as stacking, as far as just going after in general uh, to me. So, yep. All right. We have Washington, Philadelphia. So there certainly is a a decent chance that Gardner Minshew is starting this week. Uh, Washington also one of the teams that's been big time hit by COVID. So, you know, who knows what happens with, with, with McKissick and Gibson and Terry McLaurin is recovering from a concussion. I have him out in the projections right now, even with Terry McLaurin out, not getting playable projections on any of the Washington football team wide receivers. The one guy who I could see my projection being most wrong on is Ricky Seals Jones, who only played 49% of the snaps last week, but he was coming back from injury. If he is fully healthy and they feel good about him, I could see him going back to the you know, in, I mean, he had a hundred percent snap shares earlier in the year. I could see something like that happening again. And if it did, you know, obviously that would revert him uh, at his price in this matchup to being one of the best plays of the slate. Yeah, I think that's fine. The interesting thing you mentioned, the Gardner Minshew possibility, and that's certainly true. Uh, intern Ben, now uh, part-time, I, we just should call him part-time employee Ben. Actually, let's just call him intern Ben forever because it, it sounds better. He gave us some tweet about Hurts, like really limping outside. And, you know, it looked bad, but also the Philadelphia total is like 27. So yeah, it's either they are pretty sure Hurts is playing 
or Washington is just down so many, like Montez Sweat, who was their best defensive player, is out. He wasn't even vaccinated, I believe. Like Washington is down a lot of dudes, so it could partially be that, where they're like, even Gardner Minshew could carve up this team. But I don't know, Hertz isn't a particularly effective NFL quarterback either. He's just an amazing fantasy player because of the rushing. So he's the highest optimal probability guy. I want to play a lot of him. It's pretty easy. He's another guy. You single stack him. It's with either Smith or Dallas Goddard. So going to have quite a bit of that as well. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know, like uh, I, Gibson has had good workload, but we're expecting McKissick back this week. Is this a, a buy? Like, cause Gibson's workload didn't really change last week. It was just, he didn't get the garbage time touchdown and they got blown out, but I could see him being like one of the guys who's not chalky this week, who does have that 30 point upside. Yeah, it's possible. He's still garnering eight, 10% P on, which I think is appropriate because it's kind of priced in. We, we have the wish casting in there a little bit, right? He had a 6% market share of targets from weeks two to 11. He has, he has had one week where he got a lot of targets with JD McKissick and it was two or three weeks ago, the last two weeks McKissick wasn't around. And it's like, do we think that he has earned a bigger passing down role? Like, I don't know. And it is being projected a little bit that he has had one. So I'm more inclined to be short on it. And especially for a team with a 17 total, if he's even sniffing double digit, no, if he's, if he steams downward to like sub 5%, then I'm willing to start taking some shots on him. Yeah. Um, All right. Dallas at New York. This is my, the Dallas double stack is my favorite of the week because uh, the, the take last week and we talked about this was okay. Zeke is banged up. Maybe that makes them a little bit more pass heavy. Didn't really come to fruition. I mean, they did absolutely nothing in the second half. They were, they were just like completely giving up. Um, but I could, you know, I'm, I'm going to give that take fresh, fresh air again. Um, Zeke did for whatever it's worth. He told the media this week, he feels great. Uh, I mean, who knows, but basically this is an offense with what a 27 and a half point team total right now. One of the highest of the slate, the giants are pathetic, you know, and, and Dak has played like shit. I mean, let's just call it what it is. He's played terrible. I don't think that all of a sudden Dak is terrible. And this is one of those stacks where, you know, CD can get 30, Amari can get 20 and Dak can get 30. And all of them I think are going to be fairly lightly owned. Yep, I think that's right. They are last week the Cowboys were, you know, all the three wide receivers were three of the top 10 uh leverage plays on the slate. Didn't work out. They pretty much are again this week, a little bit lower. They're getting a little more popular. But and yeah. by the way, Cedric Wilson's on the COVID IR and Noah Brown's just on the regular IR. So I don't think they're I mean, maybe they rotate in Malik Turner and Fahoko a little bit. But even yeah, and last week, um, Sean McKeon, the backup tight end, was a healthy scratch. So like the rotational options, like the ability to move those guys out of the game, it doesn't feel like going from seventy percent of snaps to ninety percent of snaps is a big deal, but it kind of is a big deal on the fringes. Yeah, I think that's right. And CD is in that conversation of I think you know the big thing this weekend is going to be does Cooper Cup score thirty points because if he does. It's You're dust. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm toast. Like I will play 15% of him, but he's going to be the super, super popular own own guy. And there's just, you know, that is making lamb Diggs, Adams, Odell, like a bunch of these other Jamar chase, a bunch of these other sort of premium wide receivers, slight positive leverage. So I'm going to play, I'm going to get over on six dudes and hope that one of them or hopefully three of them beat Cooper cup and then just be under on cup because it's, it's pretty binary 
um, as far as how that's going to work, just because it's so, so easy to play cup this week. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning. And the Dallas uh, receivers are certainly one of the better ways to go about that. One thing I will say from a process perspective that I screwed up, I think last week is I got suckered in. I kind of like Zeke anyway, because Dallas had such a monster total. So I was playing a lot of Dak stacks, a lot of Zeke, just kind of how I tend to do it when we have the teams that have the highest totals, if they're not, it's, you know, egregiously owned, then I'm going to try to play someone from the team on almost every lineup. I ended up playing more Zeke because of the no Pollard, which was dumb. Like Corey Clement was there. Like they're not going to give him the bell cow role. And a lot of teams. I mean, I thought they would, honestly, I I, I really thought they would. Yeah. I don't think that most teams want to do that. If they, if Zeke was, if Zeke was healthy, they would have given him 30 carries last week. I don't know about that. I think that if a team is, I think we should, we should go based on what the team has done rather than what we think the player is. Um, Dallas all year had done sort of a, you know, 60, 40 split. So I don't think there was any reason yeah, but to think they would continue doing a 60, 40 Zeke has led the NFL in touches twice with Callan Moore as his offensive coordinator. When was the last time you did that? 20, what? I don't know. Exactly. I, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know, but he's been, when is the last time Zeke led the NFL in touches? A while ago, and he's in yeah, what, it was six or it was seven? it was a long time ago. You're right. Yeah, it was he's a long in year ago. six or seven, and the average NFL running back career is three years. Like he's on the downside. Um, it's you know it, it happens so fast. Remember, like Todd Gurley, like all the all these guys. It happens like it's just all of a sudden. And I don't think it's Zeke is just like dust. But I don't think that they are going to ever give him ninety percent of the running back work again. Um, I mean, Corey Clement, I'm pretty sure is older than Zeke. Sure, but he's a part-time player. Zeke yeah. has three times the touches Corey Clement does in his career. Yeah. All right, and I'm literally not interested in a single giant. I mean, maybe Saquon, but I think Jake Fromm is going to play quarterback for them this week, so I'm not even really that interested in him. Is that bad, though? Is that the Mike White thing? Jake Fromm's a big noodle arm. Does he check down a million times? It's like, the, it's like, it's okay. like the same It's like the same thing as Glennon. Like, Saquon is fine. You know, I'm not, I'm not rushing to play him, but I, I'm certainly not playing Sterling Shepard or Kenny Galladay or Darius Slayton, though. Yeah, absolutely there. Saquon is the one guy I would consider as well. Yeah. All right. The This is the biggest who the fuck knows game. The New York Jets playing at the road to the Miami Dolphins. So right now, it's 2.08 Central Time on Thursday, December 18th. The only active running back signed to the Miami Dolphins roster is Duke Johnson. By Sunday, Gaskin, Lindsey, and Ahmed could all be back. None of them could be back. One of them could be back. Whoever starts at running back against the Jets for the Dolphins, you are probably going to want to play. I have Gaskin in our projection still just because I'm pretty much throwing my hands up. But the, where, where I think it becomes tricky is what happens if Ahmed and or Lindsey come back and Duke Johnson is there because the team all week uh, has actually been talking up Duke Johnson, which is not a sentence I thought that I was going to say. But Duke what Johnson hasn't talked up Duke Johnson in the last six years. <laughs> well, they did a they he they had you know media availability yesterday, and Duke Johnson was like, "I'm ready to handle 25 touches," which is like, sure. I mean, I'm pretty into that if that ends up happening. But like, I I don't know. The, talk talk me through your and also no Jalen Waddle, which um you know messes their wide receiver projections up too. Yeah, my notes are more on the passing side. I have no idea with running back. Like, it's probably not even worth getting into too much right now. Um, so, like, yeah. Because we just there, have no idea. Yeah, we just have no idea. Uh, Gaskin looks good. They've got a big total. Jets are a bad defense. Jets have the lowest total on the board. So, I'm not really interested in them at all. But the Miami 
passing attack, like Tua is very cheap on DraftKings. He was going to be kind of popular anyway. And now Devontae Parker, who is 4,300, is probably going to be the second highest owned wide receiver on the slate. He's going to be Cup. so, he's going to be so chalky. And he boosts Cups uh, Peon even higher because now you, it's easier to afford him. So yeah, it's it's gross, but I Parker, it's kind of hard to see him fail at forty three hundred. Like he's gotten it. If, if Albert Wilson gets there, sure. Well, that's the other that's the other guy I was I was interested in. Um, I think he'll take over the Waddle role. Like he'll get into that. Uh, mm-hmm. He'll take a lot of those two two and, A dot and targets he, and try to make. He was happen. playing. So Albert Wilson started playing more, um, even before Parker came back. So going back. Uh, he started becoming a 50% of snapshare guy starting in week 10 in that win against Baltimore. And he was playing way less than that before, even, even with Parker out, he had been playing like hardly at all. Yep. Agreed. So, I mean, the two, a double stack to Parker and Wilson is very, very attractive. Not going to yeah. lie. Like, I don't think it changes Kasiki's role. That's, all the time, that you know? by the way, is going to be super chalky to a, to stacks are going to be bigly chalk now. Yep. I think those replaced the, like, I think people were going to talk themselves into Trevor Lawrence stacks this week. I honestly do as gross as that sounds. No, I, um, I think you're right. And I think some of this value opening up is, is going to do away with that. Yep. And I think Tua is going to end up being the more popular because you, it is a true vomit stack now because you've got a $3,000 receiver, $4,000 receiver and a sub six K quarterback. So you can do it. And it's a team with a 26 total Miami passes a lot more um, than you'd think. So it's it's a nice stack if you're doing like I wouldn't do that with Cooper Cup, I guess. You know, yeah. like that just seems dumb. You're gonna have to do something kind of weird uh yeah. in these lineups. But the two a double stack is is very attractive. All right. Our next game, Carolina at Buffalo. Buffalo now without Emmanuel Sanders. Uh they had zero running back runs in the first half last week. So all of Diggs, Beasley, and Davis look pretty good. Beasley. Uh, Beasley, I think, certainly going to be the uh, the least chalky of that group of players. Um, you know, I think Diggs will pick up, or Diggs will obviously pick up a ton of ownership just because it's easy to play him this week. And Davis will pick up ownership because he's cheap and because people like him. He's just as one. He's he's just one of those guys that people like. Yeah, I think that he is. Um, are you worried? I mean, I guess they haven't been all that effective anyway. But I think. This may be a well, whatever. Emmanuel Sanders is still good, and like he really yeah, helped. Yeah, but Gabe Davis he is was better. the deep. I don't. I don't think so. I think Emmanuel Sanders was, even though he wasn't garnering the targets, he was the 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 field stretcher. You know, he was the one getting rid of the safeties, pulling them further away. I, I am a little scared that that hurts their offense overall. And I mean, the offense has really been the offense but. has been way less efficient than last year, anyway. Yeah, I I, I agree. So, which which I actually think is because they've been trying to shoehorn Sanders in there when they were way better last year when uh, Gabriel Davis was running more routes. I guess so, but like Sanders hasn't been getting targeted much lately. He was getting targeted early. No, he he's Chris right now. Manny Sanders is Chris Hogan. I mean, he's just out there. He's just out there getting his cardio in. Right, which is a useful player for an offense like this, I guess. What yeah, I'm but saying. Gabe, Chris Hogan's really, but really Gabe fast. Davis can do it too, is what I'm saying. But that's has that ever been his job before? Wasn't that Chris Hogan's job last year? No, like, it was to your who, point? who was their fourth wide receiver last year? I don't even remember. I should uh, know this. The Buffalo Bills fourth wide receiver last year was John Brown. And then uh, the same right. thing happened. Well, same and then, idea. 
And but Gabe Davis, John Brown was hurt a bunch, and that's why Gabe Davis started playing because he filled in. He okay. filled in for John Brown. Yeah, it's whatever. It's a it's kind of a straw man argument. Regardless, Gabe Davis, yeah, he's a fine play. I think the Parker thing actually maybe will make his peon a little bit lower. So. Lower, yeah. Josh Allen is right up there with um, Hertz and Kyler at top optimal QB. It's the rushing quarterbacks. It is every time. Those are like the those are the top ones. So and Davis is a very affordable piece. Uh, and, and, and I don't know how chalky Josh Allen will be this week because of because right. uh, you don't really want to use any Carolina bringbacks. And I don't know. He just is. You know, they lost last week. I don't know. I guess he did get like 42 last week, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sure did. And wasn't general. It wasn't really a tournament winning quarterback for a lot of stuff. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, I like Allen quite a bit. I am down with the Buffalo stacks. There's still plenty of options, so you can make weird ones. Like Dawson Knox has been getting a pretty good target share. Diggs, yeah. I don't know. Is the game going to happen eventually? I. The one thing that's worth noting is like, did we not all think that Stephon Gilmore was totally dead? Like I kind of did. And he has been like phenomenal since he's come back and he does do some shadow coverage. So I think that he probably is the one all over Diggs, whatever. Um, yeah. But Diggs just, is just getting just all note. these targets anyways. Like Josh Allen doesn't care. Josh Allen yeah, is just going to target is, his dude. That is probably true. And Diggs makes for positive leverage just because of the cup thing. He's one of the expensive guys that could beat him. So definitely like uh, the double stacks there. Um, but there's, you know, really, there's four options, I suppose, at this point with Beasley, Davis, Diggs, and Knox. Six different combos, uh, six different two-way combos there. The problem, too, is Josh Allen is not necessarily a guy you have to double stack. He can be a single stack guy because of the rushing um, upside. So, yeah, it does. It makes it a little bit trickier to, like, figure out the right stack there. But I'm certainly going to be attacking them. Yeah. All right. Cincinnati at Denver. Uh, Denver actually favored in this game. So maybe we maybe we get a more a more pass heavy game script from Joe Burrow, who was very solid last week. And then we have we have good prices on T uh, good prices on Chase. Um, I, I mean, I think both of those guys look like positive leverage plays on uh, on the field. Yeah, I really needed that uh, last drive for Cincinnati to end in a touchdown last yeah. week in overtime. That would have been very useful because Burrow came very close to being the optimal quarterback, and I had some massive, massive teams with him and uh, Kittle on the other side. And on the other side of this game, Melvin Gordon, who I was very on last week just because it was like, he's going to be 1% owned. And this is the wish casting thing. Like, you can take advantage of that. Melvin Gordon was a 1% owned almost smashed last week. The only reason he didn't like break the slate is because on the very first drive of the game, he hurt his hand for a minute, came out for the goal line carry. He would have gotten that Javante Williams punched in. He would have had three touchdowns, like 28 points for no money. And then um, at 1% owned, this is the, the idea. Like we want in the fantasy industry, we have these players. We like everyone really likes Javante Williams. They want him to be the next big thing. But Melvin Gordon is still like the, you know, 1A or whatever. Like he's the 55-45 guy. So like both of them have reasonable chances to do well. Uh, and they want to run the ball. They're home favorites again. Obviously, it was a better spot against Detroit. They had a bigger total. They were 10-point favorites. They were able to just pound the ball a million times. But Gordon has 20-plus plus, 20 touches in like three of his last four games now. So he's he's – an interesting guy. He's just going to get played a little bit more this week. He's going to be six, 8% owned. Whereas last week was the real chance um, to bounce. So it's more a process thing where like that was a really, really good buying spot for a crazy, crazy low owned play. Um, just try to take advantage of that wish, ca wish casting thing. I don't know that there's that spot this week, but. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have any takes on um, 
these uh these Denver wide receivers? Do you do you like doing Burrow double stack with like a Judy or a Sutton bring back? Yeah, I think you can. I'm not avoiding that. I do I do quite like Burrow stacks this week. Chase and Higgins have these monster target shares. You can even throw in Uzoma for savings. And yeah, he did. Uh, He's got six targets in back to back weeks. Yeah, and uh, Tyler Boyd like still has like a 20% market share of targets on the season. It's He hasn't done a lot with it, but he's out there. So uh, it's tougher because Cincinnati has a lower total and Burrow doesn't have rushing upside. So it's not going to pop from an optimal probability standpoint. But I the Cincinnati rushing attack is definitely in play. And the Denver side, it's weird. Like they obviously want to run the ball. But what we're hoping here if we're playing Cincinnati is that Denver's not allowed to run the ball over and over again. Because if Denver is... I will say I don't think the Burrow stack's working if Denver's able to run the ball 40 times because they'll just kill the clock that way. So I, I do think we're going to need right. Teddy to throw. And Teddy was okay the first month of the season. He's been real bad lately. I don't know. It's whack-a-mole to me. Like, I guess Judy's the best one. Corlin Sutton was the air yards darling early, but he's been just true garbage lately. He, he since he Since he signed his massive contract extension, he's sixth on the Broncos in targets. Cool. Yeah, it's, he, I mean, he's it's got less targets so than Alberto Kuebunum. Your boy, my boy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess a Fant almost is the, yeah. the most the like he, most he interesting added, one he, just because of the position. He got a little knee injury last week, so I'm I'm hoping he doesn't play. I, I think he's back at practice. Like I think he's fine, but that's oh, my that's my wish. Jam and Alberto. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, nothing better than that. Um, all right, Atlanta, San Francisco. Don't think Eli Mitchell is going to be back for this game. He's he's in the projections right now. Again, I'm doing guys. I'm doing I'm doing the best I can. I don't think he's going to be Not back this enough, week. Man. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be back this week. He still, uh, to the best of my knowledge, has not returned to practice from this concussion. I know he had not returned on Wednesday, so that's going to leave us with Jeff Wilson Jr. as the early down back. Michael Hasty is the third down back. The problem in San Francisco is that Debo Samuel has become a running back, which is not good for his fantasy value. No, it's, it's truly not. This is actually, you know, this is the highest optimal probability stack. Like if you just take the top, you have the quarterback and the top two optimal. I mean, I get it. Cause you options. have, you have, you have Patterson and Gage, and then you have Ayuk, Debo and Kittle. I get it's it. Cause it's Kittle because of the position for sure. Yeah. And then Debo. Here's the thing with Debo is we have a, our algo for the, the the touchdown part is a can be a little bit. Screwed. It's broken and for him. I don't know. Well, it's not broken. It's doing what it is said it's supposed to do. But he just has such an absurd. Like every time he rushes the ball, he scores a freaking touchdown. He's got so, like a he's got like a sixteen percent rushing like rushing TD rate when he gets a carry. Yeah. So we have him for eighteen percent of the market share rushes, and it's scaling to thirty-eight percent of the market share rushing TD, which is probably not going to happen. But I mean, it's been like that. So he's actually the highest optimal probability receiver, and it's because of that, like that crazy rushing workload. We even have the market share of targets down a little bit, which opens up more targets for Kittle, who's been doing absolute wonders with him. So, yeah, I don't know, man. This is like and this and Ayuk. It's opened up. Yeah. It's opened up for Ayuk. Yep. Yeah. So I think Jimmy to Ayuk and Kittle is the better stack for as far as that goes. Um, are you are you interested at all, Jimmy? Are you, are you interested at all in Jeff Wilson Jr.? Like just thinking he just ran bad last week, or yeah, he got fifteen-ish touches. So like I I think he probably did run bad more than anything else. So I'll certainly play him. These guys have a huge total. Atlanta's a garbage defense. Like 
San Francisco is another team. They're up there. It's them. It's like, listen, everyone's going to jam the Rams who actually have like a two and a half point lower total than the 49ers. They have a uh, touchdown lower total than the Cardinals. They have a two and a half point lower total than the Bills. So I don't know, man, like those are the teams that I'm more interested in. Bills, Cardinals, 49ers. Those are the teams I'm really going to be jamming. I mean, people, they might be one of them beats the Rams. They might be jamming them a little bit less with the Lockett stuff. What's the Lockett stuff? He, he has he COVID gonna... now. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, so Metcalf chalk. I, no, I don't think that'll make people jam them less. I think just we'll get Metcalf chalk and then people will still play. That's going to be the game people stack, I think. But the total has dropped a lot. It's, I mean, Seattle has a total under 20. It's not pretty. Yeah. All uh, right. So Gr- San Francisco is definitely a premium team I'm going after for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, Green Bay, Baltimore is, uh, is the next one. Uh, you know, maybe Lamar with a 19 point team total, Aaron Jones missed practice today. So that is, uh, that is looking through the slate and potential like strategy wrinkles. Um, if Aaron Jones is declared out in the late games, like having a little bit of late swap equity there to, to jam in AJ Dillon, cause AJ Dillon would be like the best play of the slate. If Aaron Jones doesn't play. Is he that much better? I think AJ Dillon's a pretty good play as it is, and he's not going to get played. Well, he's not going to get he's not going to get any receiving down work. He got he got zero targets um, last week. I, are you sure about that? Yeah, I thought he had a higher market share. Whatever. Uh, sure, Jones is going to be the better receiver for sure. But as far as the touchdowns go, which is what you really need to smash a tournament, you want to guess what? Uh, whatever. It's twenty-one to three. AJ Dillon to Aaron Jones. In the last four games, they played together in yeah. terms of red, red zone rushes. It's it's insane. He's their goal line back, so he's like the he's got the James Conner when Chase Edmonds was around role. So I think AJ Dillon is a very good play, even if um, Aaron Jones is around. And yeah, he's like a cash valuable play if Aaron Jones is not. But um, I'm kind of hoping Jones plays or at least doesn't get ruled out until inactive, so that I can play a ton of. AJ Dillon at uh, presumably pretty low roster ship. Uh, and, you know, Devontae Adams is going to be half as owned as Cooper Cup, probably, yep. and yep. he's still Devontae Adams. So yep. that feels like a good spot. I believe he has a higher market share of targets than Cooper Cup does on the season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they pass way less, but that is, sure. that is true. That is true. Uh, and then, I mean, Lamar, how the mighty have fallen. He's not even popping from an optimal probability. Part of that too is like the totals have been so bad the last couple of weeks. Um, but I don't know, like a Lamar is one of those guys that like, if it's going, I don't know, I guess the ankle too, which is last week I did place, I did play a fair bit of him just be, even with a 19 point total, just because I was like, if he goes nuts, I'm going to lose it. Cause he's just such a, such a high ceiling guy. And I still think that ceiling is potentially there here. Like green Bay can give up some points, but that total is really bad. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, I, I'm not really interested in Bateman or I, maybe Mark Andrews a little bit just because of uh, positional stuff, but yeah. not, uh, not all that interested. And then our final game, we got the Rams Seahawks here. This is like one of the games that projects to be pace up. We got uh, Metcalf chalk now, uh, you know, you can play uh, Dwayne Eskridge or Freddie Swain a little bit. Uh, and then Odell is out right now. Daryl Henderson is out right now. Both of those guys could theoretically get back. Um, I'm kind of hoping that Henderson does not get back because I would love to. I would love uh, to jam Sony. 
but I don't know. I mean, this this game is is the most up in the air because of all the COVID stuff. Yeah, it's it's really bad. I think there's a possibility where you're you can do a are they all the same price pretty much? Aaron Jones is a little more expensive. So I would say you can play put like at least one AJ Dillon, Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle. It doesn't really matter which one it is. Put one of them in every single lineup. Every single lineup. Yeah. Because somebody's going to be in a really good spot and they'll all probably be underplayed relative to what is going on. I mean, you know, your worst case scenario if you do that is that Aaron Jones and Daryl Henderson play, but whatever. If Daryl Henderson plays, he's not going to be particularly high owned either. So he's in a good spot from a game theory perspective. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good uh, process thing to just play one of them, especially since the Rams passing attack is going to be like monster chalk Seattle. I mean, would lock it out. DK Metcalf, his peon is going to, is going to keep climbing. So he could end up being 15%. This is going to be the most popular stack. And it's a, it's just, it's not a good total, man. I don't know. Like I, I get it. People think of these teams as these, these monster offenses, but Seattle hasn't been this year. They do allow a ton of plays per game, which is kind of bad. Um, but I don't know. I cup is such a nightmare to deal with, but it, it becomes a little bit easier in a situation like this, especially on FanDuel where it's almost a pick them. Like people are just going to play him. He's projecting like 55% yeah. PO already. So I don't know, like he's not 55% to score 30 and just like dust everyone else. So there's a real it's chance. Kinda, that one it kind of feels like he is sometimes though. Sure does. It's, it really does. Like yeah. he's got double digit t- targets and all but one game this season. I don't know. Like come on, Rob St. Brown has double digit targets a bunch too. He doesn't do anything with him. Obviously that's a, that's a stupid argument, but I don't know. He's just, he's, it's just as simple as that. He's not worth 55% PO on FanDuel. So yeah, I don't know. I'll be under that. And I hope he fails. And I hope that one of these other alpha wide receivers that I will be over on, you know, there's five others that I can be over on if I am willing to short Cooper cup. So that's just from an expected value perspective. It's just like much sharper to do that. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Uh, I, I was working on the projections all the way through this. You know, I will, I will be on top of the COVID guys. Um, I would expect a big refresh to the projections Friday morning. And I would expect a big refresh to the projections. Uh, I mean, obviously on Saturday, uh, the, the stuff for the Saturday games will be all good. And then there will be a huge refresh on Sunday morning as we're making sure the team baselines are correct and um, that, you know, all the COVID guys are out, but uh, look, it, it's an insane week. I certainly would, uh, I would not get too take locked into any of your takes oh. uh, here on a, on a Thursday or a Friday, because it's very likely that those things are going to change and uh, we'll get out of here and I'll be back tomorrow with Reeves. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.